Hello and welcome to the Purpose Filled Mommy with Minnie Marie podcast. On today's show, we're going to have a special show for my moms of special needs children. So I have a little bit of encouragement for you ladies and also caregivers that I would like for you to take in as a fellow special needs and autism mom myself. So we're going to dive right in today's topic. Hey everybody, thanks again so much for joining me. And I definitely want to shout out all my other hardworking moms, although today's episode is dedicated to special needs parents. I don't want you to think that I think in any way that you all are not having your own personal challenges when it comes down to motherhood and needing support. But I don't think yet I really had a show dedicated specifically for special needs moms and just giving them a little love and encouragement. You can find tons of articles on how to support at best your special needs child in various phases. But when it comes down to the actual support and encouragement, when it comes down to having a special needs child as a parent, no, no. They'll tell you how you feel and then they just leave you blank. (laughs) I know that because I researched before I wrote my recent article that I would like for you guys to check out and it's on Purposeville Mommy and is entitled Encouragement for Special Needs Moms because you can find encouragement for just, you know, general parenting. But when it comes down for special needs parents, no, <laughs> no, um, I tried a couple of years back myself to join a special needs support group and it did not quite work out the way. I believe the organizer had planned because it was kind of hard because again, it's a puzzle when it comes down to autism for a reason, because each one of our children's personalities and different issues, it can be kind of complicated. So putting all of that in one room and trying to figure out which time works for this, this family and the difference of ages and other factors, it was something that I don't think it fully followed through with. Although I know the young lady tried her best and she had a teenage son with autism. And I had uh, that at the time, my daughter was still just a toddler, but we did drive the miles to go up there just to connect with other special needs moms. And you get to that point because you kind of feel like you're on an island by yourself. But I'm going to share with some about a couple of things that you do feel as a special needs parent. And then I'm also going to give some tips to help and give some encouragement. So I started my blog off with this. I'm just going to read this out because the truth was I didn't start out my motherhood journey in the anticipation that I would be a special needs parent. But I will say that being a special needs mother has been a true testament of tenacity and experience. And it does teach you a lot about tenacity because you're like, I didn't think I could do this. I never thought I didn't, I didn't know. You really don't know. But when it happens, or when you do find out that you may have the possibility of having a child with certain disabilities, you know, they kind of tell you right when you're in your third trimester and it's still a wide open view of what you're actually going to anticipate and actually following through with. And the thing about the tenacity part out last night, my daughter came in and snuggled with me and it's just a beautiful thing. It, it is like I, I love my daughter. And in addition to my daughter, if you read the blog, you'll see that I also have multiple children who have, um, who are on the spectrum and I have, 
two with specific learning disabilities. And that can sometimes be a challenge when it comes down to school. My daughters attend school with me. And that has been for the last few years. We transitioned from homeschooling to um, later on when I went to the private sector as a working at a private school. My daughters attended school with me. And then when I transitioned to the public sector, my children attended school with me. And then it's just been following through. It helps me out in being a single mom and also having a limited support system. So kind of where I go, they go. It helps me out with being able to talk to teachers. It helps me out too when I'm not, when I'm, you know, getting off of work and I'm trying to run three different locations. So we're pretty much all together. And you would think that that will make it actually easier in being a special needs parent, but actually it's not. Sometimes it can have, that's another topic. You know, I may have to do a mommy teacher moment when it comes down to the truth about taking your child to school and let you guys know how it really is. But yeah, it can be a challenge at times, even though I'm right there. But again, when you read the article, it should not be used to categorize yourself or a child or be viewed as a diagnostic tool. Basically, the purpose of this blog is to share that as special needs parents, and when I talk about special needs, and again, I listed a few within the actual blog post, but you have to talk to your own pediatrician and healthcare provider to see what your child's disability is. Please do not go by yourself in trying to diagnose a child, or if you see your child has special needs that they need to, you know, be accommodated. Don't allow other people. I used to have this get into your head. Don't say that about that child. Don't, don't curse that child. Don't say this. And it's like, I'm trying to get my child help. I'm not cursing anybody. I cursing myself. You know, this is actually what they need. So when I'm speaking about this, I'm talking about when it comes down to on the spectrum or actually having autism, special needs, Down syndrome, dyslexia, Asperger's, anxiety, and thus forth. And they are also, there's something called like caxlexia, if I'm saying it correctly, when there's children who struggle with numbers. I may have had that myself um, because when I see numbers, it really just, um, is it decacalalia? If you know what it is, please help me out when it comes down to that. But yeah, when it comes down to reading fluency, speech, or expression, uh, listening comprehension, those of us who have children with specific learning disabilities, when it comes down to their schoolwork, it can be a challenge. And you're helping a child. I know with one, we can just go hard in studying and practicing at home. But then you may wake up the next day and you're on almost a blank slate. And it's not that you didn't try or the teacher tried, but it has its challenges. So with parents like that, I would like to give you encouragement because sometimes we take it personal and we feel like, okay, what am I doing wrong? What did I do wrong? Or we become so defensive and we start getting angry and we take it out on other people or like, and I'm saying this, it may not be you, but someone else, like the teacher, you're not teaching the child, right? And they may actually be teaching the child and doing everything they know how to do. But due to the fact that your child may have a, a specific learning disability, despite their effort, they may need more support. So before we get angry, before we start internalizing things, always talk in, to a professional and to see what resources are there 
to get the help provided for your child. And definitely when it talks, we're going to talk about today some self-care, but let's first talk about some of the commonalities that we face as special needs parents. So let's talk about some of the common feelings and thoughts that some special needs parents may feel. And again, these are some that are common and you may not feel this way directly yourself, but it may be another mom. And I also did a little research on trying to come with this and not just pushing my own view. And I will suggest any special needs parent to be sure to look up and, you know, if you're trying to see like, do I, am I, is it me? Is it research? Okay. Always research. So these are some of the common things and emotions when it comes down to thoughts and stressors that we feel as special needs parents. And one is feeling overwhelmed. Do I have to say it to the people in like the back row? Yes, it's definitely overwhelming at times. And I know motherhood is can have its overwhelming moments, but it can definitely be that way as a special needs parent when you're dealing with temper tantrums and a whole lot of other things. And we'll go in further, further in a second. Um, guilt, you know, again, there's sometimes we internalize things to figure out that it, was it something that I did to cause this and If you don't want to admit to it openly, you know, I'll share myself, you know, with my girls, I've had, I've had all high risk pregnancies. I'll start there. And with my first pregnancy, I was about to be on bed rest to for about four weeks, but then he just decided to come like, hello. But thankfully he was 30, I was 37 weeks, but, um, with my daughter, my second daughter, same thing, high risk pregnancy. And then with the twins, I went on bed rest, I believe at 15 weeks to the point that my employer was questioning. That's a whole nother story of should she be on bed rest so early? Is she even pregnant? Because I wasn't that big and I was expecting twins. And then on tw- at 20 weeks, I was put on hospital bed rest and I delivered at 24 weeks. So my issue is I have a condition and I don't want to say, because I always mess up these medical terms, but it's pretty much, and I know how, I know the word, but if I say it, I know I'm going to mispronounce it, where I throw up 24 seven, not your usual morning sickness, but the whole entire time. It got to the point that with my twins, I had to intravenously have medicine pumped in me where I had to wear like at the change of syringe and and I had to stick myself every eight hours. And I don't know, was it so far? I can't think of the medicine at the time, but it would pump the medicine that would stop you from um, being nauseated and throwing up. And um, I had a a church member that would call me Radio Raheem because what would happen (laughs) was when it would, the syringe would run out, it'll make this loud beep and you would hear it. So um, she was like, all right, Radio Raheem. <laughs> and I can laugh about it now. And that church member was right there by my side when I was sick, holding my hand in the hospital. So having high risk pregnancies and my cervix would always, it just, no matter what, I would take these weekly shots to help with the cervix with making, you know, to strengthen it, but it just wouldn't. So there was a part of me that felt that guilt, um, anxiety, nervousness, again, the children, your child may have different behavior issues and sometimes they can be unpredictable with them in a certain setting. So my daughters, 
attend, my twin daughters attend an adapted swimming class. And it is unpredictable how one of my daughters will act. And this is the daughter that has autism. So sometimes she's in the pool and she's living her best life. But usually the first time she is screaming, she is saying all type of words. And it kind of like there's a lot of looks around the pool. And thankfully, it's a pool in a place for all people that have what she has. But and they just allow her sister who does not have autism. She gets to swim, too, and get her own private lessons for 30 minutes. But it's unpredictable what she may say. So sometimes I'm, I felt like I'm on edge or feel like I'm on edge. Exhaustion. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Do I need to say more? <laughs> Sometimes there's self-esteem issues. I remember when I was briefly a part, it was not an official mom's group, but it ended up becoming a mom's group. And all that takes is one or two individuals who turn something into a mom's group. When I was homeschooling and I was the only one that had a child that had autism and some behavior issues. And I'm not saying that they didn't have children that had their own things going on, but my children was more pronounced. And there are sometimes, you know, when I'm hearing, well, my child is this and my child that sometimes the mom groups can start off good, but then sometimes it gets into this mom competitive thing where of course the person who has the child that's gifted or, you know, it's selling, they're going to always say that they're always going to share that. But the person who has the child who is struggling, is almost like, well, where do you kind of fit in the scenario? And you can say, well, my child has, you know, X, Y, Z, or dyslexia, but it all depends where then I would hear certain conversations. Well, okay, but well, your child is not like such and such, you know, and I've seen that even when it comes down to, um, you know, just on the playground, I've seen that when it comes down to, uh, other situations. And again, nothing against none of those ladies, nothing like that. This is me myself feeling the way I felt nothing that no one made me feel. Um, you know, so definitely want to make sure I clear that up, but, there are ways that on social media where everybody will post, well, my child did this, this, that, and the other. But where do you fit in when your child is a struggle learner? You know, my child was on on honors day got XYZ and da, da, da. everyone brags about that's the thing about social media. Everybody brags about everything that's perfect, but no one tells the behind the scenes of the struggle. So yeah, there's sometimes as a mom, you're like, Well, I'm busting my tail, like I'm doing and as a teacher and now transitioning from homeschool mom to working in the school system and having more insight. And prior to becoming a teacher and a homeschooling mom, I was a director at a daycare. I did that. And I also was a parapro for a few years. So I know a little bit about the school system and I was a parapro in ESOL and also in special needs. And teachers are, I mean, they have a large caseload. So they're doing what they're doing, but for the, I would tell any parent, and sometimes I wish I could homeschool myself now, but you know, as a single parent, I gotta do what I gotta do and take, but if I could, I would, I honestly would like to work with my children personally at home. Cause that way I know what they're getting and I'm not getting, my child is not getting the scraps of something, you know? So when it comes down to working with your children at home intensely in in addition to what they're doing at school and you're still seeing them struggle. Sometimes that affected me as a, you know, as a mother, social isolation, again, being in certain uh, group settings with other women and other moms, it was kind of like, okay, you know, I'm seeing, (laughs) you're seeing your child doing their literally their own thing (laughs) and everybody's getting quiet (laughs) or they're talking about stuff and it's like, okay, what do I say? 
All right. Insomnia, not sleeping or hypersomnia where you're sleeping too much. So mine is the opposite. When it comes down to sleeping too much, it's definitely sleeping less. And when the school has switch ups uh, for my daughter in particular, when they decide, OK, this week we're going virtual. OK, next week we're not going virtual. We're taking them back in. You know, that throws off children who have special needs and depending on their spectrum of autism, they need structure. All children need structure, but definitely the children who need, who have special needs services, they need consistency. And a lot of the teachers, when they do go virtual, sometimes they'll check in, sometimes they don't. Now my older two, uh, with two children, I will say this, they did check in. The teachers checked in and they worked with them one-on-one. Now with the daughter who I feel needed, needed it the most. No, it was a ghost town. It, And that's another thing that I battle with as a parent because I'm sitting here like, okay, so what do you do? You know, (laughs) because I'm like, you, no work, no check in, no, no virtual. It was just, and to their, to some extent, I'm trying to be understanding to them because in my daughter is in one of those inclusion classrooms where it's kind of like it's multiple grades in one room. So, how do you work with multiple grades? But I believe it, he could have, he or she, when I say the teacher, because I, you know, I work with these people, you could at least did an hour with each grade or 30 minutes to a check-in. But that's some of the things that you deal with. So my daughter is thrown completely off her sleeping, uh, her sleeping regimen and everything when it's like that, where I'm trying to work with two and then this one is trying to sleep, but I'm trying to work with her because she's also gifted in addition to having her special needs where her, her issue is definitely not academics. <laughs> definitely. It's the opposite. So she's actually in a class with some gifted kids now because that's another story, too, with speaking up and advocating for your child. And she attends a class where she's pulled out where she gets to go there and she gets to be in the classroom with the kids who are on her academic level instead of staying in a classroom with kids who kind of still are struggling academically. So, yeah, when it was one um, last week, I mean, she would sleep majority of the day. We're all trying to keep up, like, stay up, stay up, stay up. And then when it came down to nighttime, She was wide open like it was, you know, Studio 54 Disco, you know, (laughs) and to make sure that the other children rest, I'm up with her. And yes, I turned off the TV. Yes, I I put on relaxing music. Yes, she had a hot bath. Yes, we lavender down, but it didn't matter. Little things like that threw her off. And before that even happened, as a little baby, she always would be up while everybody else was asleep. So as a parent, when they're up, you up. So, yeah, I suffer. I do. I suffer from insomnia. We've tried medication from the pediatrician, metatolin, <laughs> none of that worked. So yeah. Um, information overload. Sometimes there's so much out there when it comes down to trying to digest what all is autism or special needs that it can be too much, you know, for parents, lack of support, definitely doing COVID is lack of support because you could be the average mom in that, And when it comes down to finding a babysitter, you can't really find a babysitter. Now you throw in that when it comes down to COVID and you throw in that with a special needs parent, lack of support. Some of us have parents near, some of us have elderly parents, some of us 
have a limited support system like myself. So it's pretty much just you and your kids. And, you know, you have some friends that you can talk to for encouragement. But at the same time, no one has the ability to babysit and watch. So I would say before COVID, I have a best friend just as sweet as can be. She would every now and then and having her own four little ones, she would call and say, look, can I get the girls? And I was like, what? She was like, can I get the girls? Because, you know, my son, teenager, he's fine. I was like, but you and I was like, but your hands full. But she was so sweet and she did that. Now COVID is a lot different. I'm not going to put my friend at risk or myself, but she did offer. But for the most part, it's just me and my kiddos here. All right. I'll just say the rest and we'll just go further. Um, financial strain. Not everybody receives, you know, SSI or it can be a complicated or a hard journey to get to that point. Lack of support. I think I said that frustration. Oh my gosh, the IEP situation and ensuring that a teacher is following through with accommodating your child. And I had this happen to me this week where when we were out because I had a daughter that had COVID and no teacher had packages ready or anything. And then the ball was dropped on a report card and then I definitely want to do a show on this when it comes down to advocating for your child and knowing when you are being finessed. There are sometimes situations where a teacher will not do what they're supposed to do when it comes down to accommodating your child. But you know the rights of a special needs parent where you can have a meeting and you can, you know, say whatever you need to see and they're supposed to accommodate that child because the No Child Left Behind Act. But notice sometimes I've noticed that there are teachers who at that meeting, when they have board members, then they'll bring all the paperwork and it's, you know, I've been doing this and I've been doing that. And it was like, no, you no, 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 no. You haven't done the following. So always make sure and keep a list, save every IEP, highlight your child's accommodation. Because once you see that they're supposed to be being serviced, pulled out or whatever they need to have, and someone drops the ball on that report card, you need to have some type of backing because they're going to have their backing, meaning the teacher, the educator. And I'm saying that as a teacher myself, because nobody wants to go before a board member or an administrator and say what they're not going to do. So then it's going to be, we did this and you didn't do that, even though they may not have told you. So always, always have that IEP highlight what your child is supposed to have an accommodation, but that can be draining and frustrating. So I definitely get that. And there's other frustrating situations. Sometimes it's just the issue, the unpredictability itself when it comes down to behavior issues. Um, I'm not sure, but I've, if anybody have felt this way, I've made, I've had um, hopelessness, poor concentration, poor appetite or increased in appetite, occasional grief, alert drain, and sometimes a strain on personal relationships, marriages. Um, it could be sometimes trying to find friends. I know I have met other autistic uh, mothers and they were trying to say, I, they shared with me that they were trying to find friends within the community. And sometimes it's hard because these moms too are already stressed out and being pulled so many different directions. And when they're in settings again with, you know, with parents who are moms who don't have children with special needs, it's kind of like they're the odd mom out. And then when it comes down to marriages, it could be a strain where one parent is the primary caregiver and the other one is the provider. Or it could be a certain situation where one is the primary caregiver and the primary provider. And that can put a definite strain on a marriage. 
you know, not saying that that could lead to something of divorce, but it can definitely put a strain. And in some cases, it may, it may have. So it's definitely not easy um, for many special moms to apply self-care with a lot of those things going on. And I know how it is when it comes down to playing both a dual role as parent and caregiver. But it's so essential with the things that I listed that you make sure that you take care of yourself. And I hope that those things that I listed, that you did not feel alone in that. So you don't feel like, oh my gosh, it was just me. No, it's not just you, baby. It's not just you, boo-boo. That's what I want to say. It's a couple of us. It's a lot of us. And although you may feel like you're on a an island by yourself, there are millions of parents across the country who are going through the same thing, who are feeling the way you feel. So we're going to talk about in the next the next session about ways that we can apply self-care and take care of ourselves for encouragement as special needs moms. All right, so let's talk about some highlights so we can encourage ourselves. We're not going to just talk about, okay, I'm feeling this, 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 that, and other, and we're just feeling down and out. All right, we've already talked about how we feel. We've always talked about some of our girlfriends and how they may be feeling. Sometimes they vent to us as special needs parents, even though we may not have special needs children ourselves, but we hear and we see their silent frustration. So let's talk about a little bit of encouragement because that's the whole purpose of this whole episode is ensuring that there is encouragement for special needs moms and that you all feel supported. And I'm coming from this as a fellow special needs mom. And again, check out the related blog post at my website at Purposeville Mommy with Minnie Marie. So the first thing I want you to know is that you are a good mom. And don't think any less of yourself because of your child's disability or behavior. You're not a bad mom for having a special needs child, okay? All right, next, I want to tell you this. Release the guilt and shame. There is absolutely nothing you did wrong in becoming a special needs parent. So forget about the high risk and all these different things. There is literally nothing that you did, okay? Nothing. Nothing you did to to contribute to your children or your child and aiding into their disability. God saw it fit that you had a special love to give to your child in patience and empathy and compassion and devotion and in safekeeping. So he made you a special needs parent to carry it, not as a burden, but he created it so that it could be an extension of the love that he wants us to show towards all. Okay. I also want you to know this. You're doing a good job. I know it may not seem like it at times, but you really are. You're doing more than the average when it comes down to parenthood and your journey and juggling life, family, managing a household, being a caregiver. So stop beating up yourself, okay? And give yourself more credit. I want all of us as moms to give ourselves more credit. You rock, you are, you are a rock star, okay? That's right. Say, Minnie Marie told me I'm a rock star. You are. So don't beat yourself up, okay? Next is you're not alone. Our situations and our circumstances, yes, they differ as special needs parents, okay? Your child may have Asperger's. My child may have autism. My child may be nonverbal. Your child may be verbal. You know what I'm saying? Your child may be gifted and my child may be a struggle learner, but that doesn't mean that just because We have things that are different that we don't have things that we share in common. There are millions of women, again, who can relate to you in some capacity. Please research in your area and through social media to find support groups for 
in specifics to your child disability. I would definitely say that. So that find like a group for, I would say, Asperger's, you know, like, okay, Asperger's support group, autism support group, and then be specific. So it, to help you out more adult children with autism and special needs, you know, toddlers, because there are some groups that are very big and generalized and they have like thousands of members and you can get lost. And it's just going to be a whole bunch of people just showing uh, happy birthday pictures and not really other milestones. And you don't, you know, those groups are okay and they have their place, but I would definitely encourage you to find a support group with the specifics of what your child is dealing with, because it, it provides that encouragement for you. You can connect with other moms outside through conversation. Like you may put a post up or saw a post, you comment, then you inbox. And then next thing you know, you got a nice friend that you can support and they can support you through conversation and video chats now through Zoom. I love my Zoom chats. Okay. So don't forget that. Okay. So please research. All right. Don't put it on yourself to go alone or feel alone as a special needs mom and finding support groups and trusted allies and friends within the community. You have to have a friend within the community and it's okay if the ages differ to that extent because sometimes an, a parent who has an older child with autism and you have a child younger, they can kind of give you some advice of what they've been through and help you out. And then sometimes you can learn what's out there now if you have an older child and you have a younger to some extent, okay? But having someone that you can reach out to, great. We usually participate in the different, not less fashion show. And that's a great way where I connect with the organizer. Her name is Cree Stokes. And she always takes care of all the model participants and all the models are children with special needs or they have a sibling with it, you know, who is in support and they model with them. So oftentimes my twin daughter, and it's because of her choice, not because mommy's making her, she likes to support her sister and be there. So they'll model together. And I've seen some of the teens support their younger siblings in the show with modeling. So make sure you connect with someone in the community. And during that time, we have conversations as moms together. They let me know about resources that I had no clue about, but they let me know. And when I go to Adapted Swimming, I have a, a wonderful mom that's there and her child is older. He's in his late 20s and she's a former speech pathologist. And we just sit and we connect and we talk together. And it's just a wonderful time where Again, you're not the odd mom out and you're able to get those resources and have that conversation. And then our children's little quirks, they get it. I love it. I love it. Love it. And then connecting with a child. It's kind of hard when you have a child with a learning disability because like, again, everybody wants to show the <laughs> not everybody, but there's more people posting the, you know, everything's going great. My child's doing good. My child has no behavior issues at all. Everything is fine. All grades are great. So if you have a child with ODD, oppositional defiant disorder, and you know, you know, of the parents who know that I got, look, I feel you. <laughs> it's definitely a lot of mood swings and a whole bunch of other stuff. And, you know, before COVID, we know about the calls and coming to the school and some of us are still doing it within COVID. All right. It's kind of hard finding those people. But there are, again, there are support groups, read articles. I know for myself, I lucked up and I have a, a high school girlfriend 
and she has a child that has similar things going on and we can share our stories even though the extremities may be different depending on the time but she has somebody and I have somebody that we can talk to so make sure you connect with somebody within the organization okay I also want to tell you this take care of yourself I always say this when it comes down to moms take care of yourselves so that you can take care of others but I definitely want to tell you this as a special needs autism mom and I share it with you all you know, in the earlier session about how some of the things that we feel through thoughts and stressors and myself with sometimes having insomnia moments because of my daughter, I take my naps. Okay. There are some times I shut it down. I'm not responding to anybody's texts. I'm not trying to, <laughs> I'm not being, you know, the people pleaser and accommodating everybody. I shut it down and I actually have more time now. I, it can be stressed a little bit in doing it as a single parent, but I can say that right now the focus is just on myself and the kids and I'm not like trying to accommodate a whole lot of other things too. So with that being said, I take care of myself. So my girls, and I'm so grateful that I have that four year gap between the oldest and the middle child and the twins where they'll like say, mom, take a break. I got them. So I could take a quick short nap. Or everybody's tired because we all been up with parents. <laughs> so we all take a nap on a weekend or have a rest or a pajama day. So definitely take care of yourself, okay? Exercise, just 30 minutes. And do not count that, well, you know, moving around and running around them, that's my exercise. No, it's not. That does not count. That does not count. I, uh, yes, I'm saying it as a special needs parent. So you can't say, you don't get it. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. I know it's a lot of picking up and moving this and moving that, but your body... Even though sometimes it can feel like it's drained, your body is accustomed to that. What I mean is wellness exercise, mind, mindful exercise for your body, for strength training and, you know, working on your core areas. Like I'm bending down. You just don't know I'm working on, I'm working on my glutes. No, I'm talking about really taking the time to exercise and eat right in just 30 minutes. One of the things that I do and I tell you all that I go by this it's breathing exercises, man. I'm telling you, five minutes in the car, strap them in, put your put your headphones on where they can't hear it so they can listen to their music. My daughter loves Baby Shark. <laughs> That's her thing. And I'm driving in a car and I'm like, and one, two, three, and out. Don't, don't nobody in the car know <laughs> that I'm doing a breathing exercise, but it actually helps. Okay. So do that. And I'm going to tell you this. Um, embrace some humor. Sometimes I have to laugh at the moments and I have a special place in my heart for my daughter's class when they come to my classroom, because, you know, that's honestly, to me, that's one of my favorite classes, not just because my daughter's in it, but they're so excited about learning. And I know that one child, he loves to roam through my back closet because he sees that it has yarn and it has buttons and all these different things. And I just let him go in and have his way. I really do. <laughs> I sometimes do this. I'll set out everything for him that I know that he likes. So when he comes into the classroom, I have the yarn. I have his little button. I have everything in there so he doesn't have to roam. <laughs> and he just sits there. He just has his moment. And then he'll still, he'll still do the activity that I have for everybody. And afterwards, he gets to go to his table and have his moment. And then my daughter has a walk and she has a new para in the room. And we were talking about it today, how she just has this walk and she just this 
carefree ease about her. And I'm like, you know, if I could have that walk. So I find humor in certain moments and that humor has helped me to laugh instead of break. It really has. And I never forget when everything kind of settled and my daughter sleeping habits got a little bit better towards the end of the week. This is after being up for 48 hours and I was like on sleep deprivation and grumpy everything. And it was that final day when she just finally crashed that night. I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> it was the cutest thing. And I just crashed right with it. I think we both had, I don't think we put on pajamas. I think we just crashed. So I find humor in it. We just woke up and like, wait a minute, this is what I slept in. And I just had to laugh at it. All right. So know that you are also not alone. Take care of yourself. Hope is not lost. I know oftentimes this field is kind of defeating when we experience setbacks as special needs parents in many ways, but it's the little things that count even more with us. So celebrate your growth along with that of your child and little achievements. The little things mean the most to us. So if you have a learner and with SLD and let's say they're trying to master multiplication, maybe they didn't get up to the nine times tables, but if you saw them master the twos, the fives, the tens, that's something to celebrate. If your child is not reading on grade level, but you see that they are better than they were before, let's say they were on uh, kindergarten and they're in second grade, but now they've moved up to first grade, that's something to celebrate, okay? Don't let anybody else post of their child's achievement take away yours and sometimes they may be posting a child may honor road too and you never know they may still have a child with special needs so that's why we shouldn't compare ourselves as parents so my thing is this I like to be happy for people if your child is excelling I'm happy for you if my child is taking baby steps I'm happy for them too because either way we want all of our children to climb across this hill you know to make it and be successful, productive, caring, loving individuals. So one may go far and one may have to take baby steps, but you celebrate those baby steps and you celebrate yourself to moments where you used to could break and now you can laugh about it. That's something to celebrate. All right. And then I want to tell you this, there is, uh, there are ways and programs for advocacy when it comes down to special needs parents as well so if you ever feel that your child or yourself is being intimidated or you know ostracized or mistreated or harmed in any way anything discriminatory be sure to reach out to your local officials that's why we vote for them state workers agencies attorneys if needed to work on your behalf as a special needs parent or caregiver So I'm sending you my love, my prayers, and my support as we all share this journey together as special needs moms. Thanks so much for joining me for today's podcast episode. I pray that a lot of moms found encouragement from today's podcast, regardless if they were a special needs parent or not. But I definitely want my special needs moms, I definitely want my warrior moms to feel encouraged after listening to today's episode and after reading the blog post. So you can connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and I even have a TikTok. That's right. Purposeville Mommy has a TikTok. So you can check me out on all of those uh, outlets. And I just want to encourage every one of you. 
and just say you're doing a good job. Give yourself more credit. Raising a tribe of kiddos, regardless of their ages and complexities and everything in between, is not for the faint at heart, okay? Especially when it comes down to juggling all that we juggle. You're doing a good job. All right, if Kate, in case nobody else told you you're doing a wonderful job and you know what I'm going to say, I love you, but God loves you more. Be blessed, beautiful people. Bye.